0: To reopen or not to reopen? That is the question. For confusion now hath made his masterpiece. Cindy Elkins walks us through it. I'm Lawrence Kaletti, and this is Legal Talk Today. Welcome back, Cindy. It's a pleasure to have you on the air with us again. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good, Lawrence. You know, I think doing as best as anybody can in these uh, different conditions, I'll call them.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, our show today is about reopening, and hence the uh, the Shakespearean lines of confusion there, because it's obviously kind of down to the local level for a lot of states and different areas of at least uh, California and other states too, as well. Uh, you know, the, people are reopening at different rates, and there's different uh, rules in place, and I think everyone's just kind of shaking their head, not knowing what to do, especially business owners. So, I think it's just a confusing time for everybody.
1: It is absolutely a confusing time. the The rules are changing, I would say, almost every other day. It's different from county to county, from state to state. It is a evolving landscape. And it's requiring everybody, including especially business owners, in my opinion, to really be paying attention to what's going on so that they can stay compliant and keep everybody as safe as possible.
0: Well, let's get to those questions. You made this great checklist uh, that we came across. Actually, my boss handed it to me. I was like, we've got to have Cindy on the show again to talk about that. But before we get there, you know, just to help our audience piece all of everything together in your knowledge base and everything. What type of law do you practice?
1: Oh, sure. Um, Thank you, Lawrence. Um, I practice employment law. I represent employers only doing advice and counsel and litigation defense. Right now, it is heavily on the advice and counsel aspect of maintaining business operations or, you know, starting in March when the stay-at-home orders came down, it was helping my clients and guiding them through the orders, figuring out how to do furloughs, layoffs, terminations, uh, that sort of thing. And now, as you said, we're looking at the potential of reopening and rehiring. So that's what we're looking at now. So my clients range from car dealerships to restaurants, to manufacturing, to retail. You know, my theory is if they have employees, they, they need someone like me. And so it's, uh, it's an across the board practice.
0: Well, excellent. So, Cindy, I think that's a great jumping off point for my first question here, the when question. So you were just referencing some of your clients. It sounds like you have a variety of different types of company that uh, you represent. And so just in terms of that, you know, the when is going to be a little bit different when it comes to the appropriate time to start reopening and reopening safely according to guidelines. But uh, what were some of the thoughts you had in your checklist to help business owners determine for themselves when the right time to reopen? open might be?
1: Sure. Uh, Well, the when is what I consider probably to be really the first step, because if you open too soon, you're not going to be ready. If you open too late, then you may have missed some financial opportunities. So it's really setting down and looking at, uh, first of all, your local regulations in terms of whether you are considered to be an essential business or not if you're not an essential business then you haven't been open as the standards are relaxing you know last week here in LA county golf courses could open some retail stores could open with restrictions you know car dealerships were able to reopen with some restrictions so first you've got to maintain your compliance with the stay at home orders and and the various state local and federal guidelines and and Unfortunately, they do not always um, jive with each other. So you've got to default to the one that is local to you because that's the one that's going to prevail. So once you look at that and say, okay, am I a business that can start to reopen at this point in time? Then you'd have to take a step back and say, okay, financially, Where do I stand? Now, a lot of people have gotten the Payroll Protection Act loans and the other emergency loans that are available. So, those have some requirements that employers need to look at in terms of the timing of reopening, so that, especially like with the payroll protection, that's an eight week period to use that money. You need to have your employees back in place so that they're starting to get paid their wages and you can stay within that eight week window. Some of the other considerations are. Do we come back full-blown or do we open up in in staged or staggered phases? And I, I think opening up in a staggered or phased stage is, is the most viable at this point in time because my business clients, they don't know how much business they're going to have as soon as they're allowed to open the door. So if you bring everybody back and you've got a full complement of employees, chances are you don't need them. So it's important to look at what the potential business is that you're gonna have and what makes sense. So those are you know, the financial considerations. And then when you start to figure out, okay, if we're opening at a phase level, then I have to sit down and figure out how do I make a determination of who's gonna be brought back first.
0: So Cindy, building on that, you know, in terms of bringing back the employees, you know, not every business is going to be, you know, equal in those regards. I think especially with the restaurant industry, as the uh, social distancing guidelines, depending on your space, you may not be able to bring everybody back. So just in terms of sort of building on your point, who comes back and in which order, what recommendations do you have for businesses?
1: Well, the first thing you need to look at is whether you are governed by any of the right to recall ordinances. And LA County has recently passed some, but those apply to a very specific industry, mostly uh, large employers, airports, hotels, things of that nature. For the smaller businesses, you're not covered by that, at least here in Los Angeles. So then you've got to look at your criteria. Are you going to use seniority? Are you going to use skill set? Are you gonna use what qualifications do you need? Cross training, you know, if you've got a restaurant, you're not gonna bring back, let's say 10 people in the, in the kitchen and 10 people at the hostess and 10 people servers. You're gonna bring back two or three in each position. So then you've gotta figure out what criteria am I gonna use? And that criteria has to be neutral on its face so that you don't end up getting backed into a potential claim of discrimination based upon any of the protected classifications.
0: Okay, so once the decision who to bring back, when to bring them back, and when you're going to reopen, what communication should you be having with your employees before you, uh, I guess, start your working day together?
1: Well, communication with the employees is absolutely critical because they are anxious and they need to know whether they have a job and and what's going to be happening. So the first thing I think that employers should do is communicate, whether it's in a letter, format, email, whatever, but it should be documented in writing. And tell the employees what timeline you have for rehiring and returning the employees to work so that they have some ability to plan their own lives accordingly. A lot of people are dealing with child care issues now, so you want to give them a heads up, whether it's going to be in a week, 10 days, two weeks, something like that. Then you should be notifying the employees what the criteria you have established for recall. So that the employees also know where do I stand in in the scheme of things in terms of the priority of being rehired if i'm a brand new employee the likelihood of being recalled on the first phase is Less than if i've been with the company five years or or, you know, a more senior type of person The other thing that's absolutely critical is to communicate to the employees what safety measures that have been taken and what will continue to be taken and this is to allow the employees to feel safe and comfortable with returning to work because there is a lot of fear and anxiety out there right now. And a lot of my clients are calling me with questions saying, you know, I've tried to recall my employees and I'm getting this response of, I don't want to come back to work. I'm afraid I'm going to get sick. So you've really got to be looking at the CDC guidelines, Cal OSHA guidelines, OSHA, everybody's put out, all the federal agencies have put out some really terrific websites and FAQs, and you've got to be following the cleaning, the disinfecting, the social distancing protocols, and you've got to tell the employees what it is that you have done. There is a, a protocol, a checklist that LA County's put out, and that is mandatory that employers go through that and comply with it and uh, and document what they're doing to make sure that they are being compliant. There will be some backlash if they're not.
0: Well, once you get the workplace safety considerations under control, figure out how to make the workspace as safe as you possibly can. When it comes to leaves of absence, paid sick leave and accommodations, what should employers be looking to do if they hear from an employee that despite all of those precautions that uh, an employer may have taken, they just simply don't feel safe coming back to work? Uh, What kind of accommodations should an employer be making for that employee?
1: That is a question that is very difficult to answer in the short <laughs> in the I'm short sure. time that we have but at the same point in time you know absolutely be looking at reasonable accommodations in terms of whether the employees are allowed to continue to work from home i mean the stay at home and the safer at home guidelines that are still in effect still mandate that if an employee can work from home the employer should allow that to continue. Now once the restrictions are lifted and an employee still says, you know, I don't feel comfortable coming to work or I can't come to work because and they you know tell you that they have a disability condition or whatever then you've got to look at what your own policies are in terms of you know if you're here in california there's the california paid sick leave laws los angeles has their own then there's the ffcra that provides for the extended family medical care leave and the extended paid sick leave those are very detailed federal guidelines that came out you know a couple of months ago when this whole thing started And if the employee qualifies under one of those, then you have to provide them that leave of absence. And it's important for employers to communicate to the employees what leaves are available to them.
0: Okay. And then uh, and obviously that's going to depend on your type of business too. So what's reasonable under more of office function might allow for you to work at home. If you're working on a factory floor, that may not be uh, an option for you under those circumstances. And so you'd have to come up with uh, different options for the same problem, reasonable accommodations. But um, last question for you, uh, Cindy, before we close it out, just real quick. As we reopen, as the economy starts to get back to normal, just given what we know about COVID-19, there's probably going to be some additional cases. I mean, people are going to catch it. And so before a confirmed case or a suspected COVID-19 case shows up at the workplace, what type of protocols are you recommending that employers put into place before something like that occurs?
1: Well, that goes back to some of the safety measures in terms of what the employer is doing. One of the first things that the employer needs to do is what am I going to require of the employee to communicate to me that they are safe? You know, there's been a lot of talk about taking employees' temperatures before they come in. The EEOC previously before the COVID-19 issue came up did not feel that taking an employee's temperature was an appropriate workplace medical procedure. But now the CDC has said, you know, that might not be a bad thing to do. However, employers have to understand that just having a fever is not all of the symptoms. So one of the best things that I think employers can do is have the employees self-certify. And what that means is they fill out a questionnaire, you know, to confirm to the best of their knowledge that they haven't been exposed, that they haven't been tested positive, that if they did uh, have a test, that they, have, in fact, have tested negative. Also, to the best of their knowledge, they haven't been in close contact with anybody that has been exposed so that you can have an understanding that the employees coming back to work. Have taken the appropriate precautions in their personal lives so that they're not coming back into the workplace And unduly exposing their coworkers to the virus. So self-certification is is a great opportunity to have the employees do that Again, I would recommend everybody go into the cdc guidelines. They're frequently asked questions publication is wonderful in providing Q&As on all these questions that say you know what do i do if an employee tests positive what if i think somebody's tested positive you know and i can't go into all of them now it's it's a, an extensive frequently asked question uh, publication but it is really one of the best guidelines out there to answer some of these questions in terms of what do i do when situations come up
0: well, thank you so much, Cindy. I think this was really helpful information. And if our if our listeners, they have questions, they want to reach out to you, how can they find you?
1: They can find me at uh, my email address is C-E-L-K-I-N-S, so my first initial and last name, at employer-law.com. So that's elkins at employer-law.com.
0: All right. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate us in your favorite podcasting app. And we'll go ahead and cite our sources that we used for this episode, as well as Cindy's previous episode with us, titled Independent Contractors and the Perils of Misclassification. It was a great episode. Recorded that at the California Lawyers Association first annual meeting, I think after the uh, separation there, Cindy. And so you can find that by searching for that title, Independent Contractors and the Perils of Misclassification on our website at legaltalknetwork.com. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Stay strong, everybody.